In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Still plenty of Browns news going on right now as far as free agency is concerned. We always want to remind you that if you like what you're listening to, well, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board. Again, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Sorry, Daryl, where are we since we last left in free agency? Well, uh, the newest additions Monday, uh, Michael Ford. He's a uh, cornerback from uh, the Atlanta Falcons, basically a special team guy. Uh, and they also brought back uh, another uh, special team guy, uh, Jordan Kunjancic. So he is uh, back in the fold as well. So um, Monday was about fortifying their special teams. And they still got some holes, but... Uh, uh, over the weekend, they added Jordan Atkins, tight end from the Houston Texans, uh, and defensive end uh, Tristan Hill uh, from the Arizona Cardinals as well. So uh, it's it's been a busy week for Andrew Barry. Uh, he's uh, brought in seven guys total. I don't think he's done shopping just yet, but he uh, continues to be very economical when it comes to spending the cash as well as cap dollars. Uh, when you talk about special teams, and uh, Mike Ford that they brought in from Atlanta is another guy. Is this a Bubba Ventrone like wish list where he's like, okay, Bubba, you can pick one free agent to come in on special teams? Well, how do you think that went down? Yeah, I, I, that's what it kind of seems to be um, when you look at uh, Michael Ford's resume. It's uh, not a lot on it, <laughs> you know, right? Um, because he's uh, such a, a core uh, special teamer. Uh, this is a guy, undrafted free agent, that was signed by the Lions back in 2018. Um, he started nine of 61 games that he's uh, appeared in, which tells you he's a, a core special teamer. Um, he's got four PBUs, uh, a quarterback hit, and 70 tackles on his resume, and two tackles for loss as well uh, from a defensive standpoint. So, yeah, th this seems to be a uh, – uh, above a Ventrone special, uh, I don't think he's going to be out there starting next to uh, Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward in the nickel or the dime package. Hey, Daryl, when you look at the guys they brought in, is Tomlinson the star, I guess? Yeah. Who's the star of this free agent class? Tomlinson. It is, okay. Because he's, he's the one that got the money. He got Well, that's true. You know, he got four years and 57, 58 million, about uh, 20, 27, 28 of that was guaranteed. So, yeah, he, he's the star because he's the dude that got paid. Um, Okoronkwo's uh, contract was nearly, I think, 20 million over three years. Um, but um, Juan Thornhill, uh, he got 21 million over uh, three years. So, I mean, those are like the three stars. The rest of these guys, they're, you know, one-year contracts for a million or two or three. Like, not a lot of money attached to them. So, I, I would say Tomlinson, Okoronkwo, and uh, Thornhill are your, quote-unquote, three, uh, you know, free agent stars or where they spent money. You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say those are the three start – those are three starters, too. Yes. Right? Everybody else kind of just blends in uh, into the depth chart. You know, you look at Ford or you look at, I'm just kind of going through the um, Tristan Hill. Um, 
Hurst, yeah, Maurice Hurst. Yeah, so I, I just I, financially, Daryl, where are they sitting as we speak today on the 20th? Well, according to the NFLPA numbers, now uh, <laughs> bear in mind they don't all this isn't always updated uh, to the very minute, um, but they this is recent because they it says it's on the the 2023 fiscal year. The cap is 224. Point eight. Uh, the Browns' adjusted cap is, uh, I want to say, like two forty point three million, uh, which is pretty significant um, as far as where they're at right now. They have eleven point three eight million in room, but wow. there, I that doesn't. I don't think include everybody's contract because keep in mind, you had two guys signed on Monday. Uh, a third guy agreed to term on Monday. That's Michael Ford. So I don't know that all of these contracts have been processed through, if that makes sense. Oh, so absolutely. makes sense. Kenyansic and Hill, they, those contracts were signed and sent to the league office today uh, on Monday here as we record this, uh, on a Monday evening. So um, there's still some processing taking place, but they they have room. Uh, the most important thing is they have room, and then come June 1st, they're going to get about another $14 million in room uh, once Jadavian Clowney and JJ3 co- officially come off the salary cap books and the balance uh, of the cap charge uh, for both of those players gets kicked into the 2024 fiscal year. Daryl, if they needed more money right now to go get somebody just on a crazy whim, what do you go back and redo? Like they never redid Amari Cooper, did they? The only person they they did Deshaun. That's all they've done. Right. Okay. That's all they've needed to do at this point. Now, if they, uh, to your point, if they've got a big move that they want to make, then yeah, they have to go back and uh, start uh, converting signing bonus, or I should say start converting salary into signing bonus. Uh, Miles Garrett and Amari Cooper are your two highest paid players. Cooper is an even $20 million. Uh, Miles Garrett is a smidge over $17 million in cash. Now Garrett has the largest cap hit. He's close to. He's just under, if I remember correctly, he's just under like, uh, or I should say, just over twenty nine million. Um, and Cooper's number is just above twenty three million. So those are the two guys that you restructure. Um, one thing that they have to be cognizant of is beneficial as those void years are, those void years can hurt you. Because if you decide to move on from a player, now all of a sudden all that cap that you have spread out over those void years, that becomes a cap charge. And you're going to have to do another June 1 designation next year uh, if you release somebody, you know, release somebody next offseason because you got to basically kick that massive cap charge into the 2025 fiscal year. So Void years has some benefit for spreading cap, but there is a little bit of a risk. Like Jadavian Clowney, they spread his salary or his signing bonus, they spread it over five years, 
last year with four voidable years at 1.6 million in each of those four voidable years. And then what happened was, is that all got scrunched together in a $6.4 million cap charge because they released him. They voided the contract. Well, to get out of that $6.4 million and only be charged $1.6 this year and kick the balance of, I think it's like four and change into next year, they make it a post-June 1 uh, release. So they have to watch how they use these voidable years um, because you can uh, blow out your salary cap in rather rapid fashion, if you have a couple of guys that have those voidable years attached to contracts uh, that you move on from, at least two, because you're allowed two guys per year with the post-June 1 designation. And that's why they did JJ3 and Clowney this year. But for the sake of this discussion and what I'm talking about, Andy, right. the reason why they run into trouble, let's say you've got <clears throat> four guys next year that you get rid of, well, then what they do is they pick the two largest cap charges of those four guys with the voidables, and those are the guys that they do the the June 1 designation with. But, yeah, they, Barry's got to be careful with those voidable years because, like I said, it's a great asset to spread out and lower your 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 cap expenditure, your cap charge, I should say. However, if you move on from said player, those voidable years all get combined just like normal with a, a regular contract, any uh, bonus money or whatever that's been prorated over the, that particular time becomes a, a balloon charge on the cap. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. When we return, Daryl, two names we're familiar with and could they be on the roster next season? Who are they? I'll ask you next. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland as our free agency uh, coverage continues. Uh, but first, mobile sports betting, finally legal here in the state of Ohio. Reminder, the BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. You can see all of today's winners by heading to BetQL.com or by downloading the BetQL app where you can claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, Daryl, I want to talk to you about two players who have played for the Browns and could they be on the radar? First, the hot topic today was Kareem Hunt. Could Kareem still find himself on this roster when the season opens? I know. I, I, where would he play? Running back? Where would he play? Like R running he, back? Is he going to hold a clipboard the entire season? There's nowhere to put him. The Nick Chubb's carries are already going to get cut, right? Right. They've got we, Jerome, we assume we assume they've got Jerome Ford, and they've got Demetric Felton. So my question to you is: If they bring back Kareem Hunt, where would he play? Well, first of all, I don't Demetric Felton. Whether he's on the roster or not, I don't. I, I don't think that makes a difference. If they can bring Kareem back on a very reasonable contract. I don't know why you wouldn't bring him back. I mean, do you ask yourself, is Kareem Hunt a better running back, more proven running back than Jerome Ford? Or are you still mad at him last year for the, the hissy fit he threw early on in the season, and did that ever go away? That That's my bigger question. Look, if you can have Kareem Hunt on the roster because no one else is offering him anything and he's going to sit out there anyway, wouldn't you rather have Kareem Hunt than Jerome Ford? 
I think Kareem Hunt would be foolish to return to the Cleveland Browns. I, I'm just wondering where he's going to go, Daryl. I don't know of another team that's picking him up right now. Well, right now, running backs aren't exactly going off the board. Zeke's been released by Dallas, and he's 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 obviously out there. He's behind him and Leonard Fournette if somebody wanted to take a flyer on Fournette. But like I said, I, I just – I, I think Cleveland's a bad spot for him. Um, it, it this has nothing to do with him as a player, uh, of course, but he isn't going to get any touches. And if you're not going to get any touches, why would you come here on a league minimum deal? Or, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I wouldn't do it. It, it. Kareem Hunt's number one priority this offseason needs to be going somewhere he can get touches. It's not what he can sign for. If he if I were him, I would sign a one one year contract with some with somebody, and see if by getting some touches this year, you can bump up your value going into next off season. I would not sign a multi year deal unless there is a lot of guaranteed money involved in it, and I would not come back to the Cleveland Browns. And again, this has nothing to do with my thoughts on Kareem Hunt, the player. I just don't see any opportunity here for him to be able to do what he needs to do so that he can kind of cash in. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's not, I mean, Nick Chubb needs to get basically as many running back carries as humanly possible. Jerome Ford's your number two back. Demetric Felton is your running back slash wide receiver. I just, at, at Darnus Johnson, where did he end up? Cause he, remember he's a free agent too. And I, and He's I'll be nowhere honest. right now. He's also, I mean, he and Kareem are in limbo land right now. But but my point is, if I'm the Browns, I'd probably bring DeErnest back if I could before I, I brought Kareem back. Because, look, I... There was plenty of talk today. I mean, just saying, just listening. We didn't talk about it on our show. Jeff has talked about it before. But um, I was listening to the afternoon show. They were talking about bringing him back. And I was just like, huh, really? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I would not. And again has nothing to do with the player. It has to do with opportunity that it's going to be available to him and uh, slash the role he's going to have. I just, I don't, I just don't think he'd be featured a whole lot unless well, I don't think so. Either. I mean, he'd be third down guy again. If yeah. he's lucky, if he's lucky and, and he's got a better chance and really his only way of contributing is by catching the ball out of the backfield, being the Sean Watson safety valve. Now, if you speak in those terms, Andy, right? As they have, as we record this podcast on a Monday evening, because anything can happen anytime in free agency. Right. As we saw last week when we recorded one of our podcasts, right? Um, they haven't done anything at wide receiver just yet. So when I look at where they're at with receiver, Amari Cooper, um, Donovan Peoples Jones, David Bell. Demetric Felton. Then let's not forget about Michael Woods. Uh, and, and they got a couple other guys in there as well. Like they got four. And that you that I'm fairly confident are making the team, right? Which right. means whoever they bring in is either going to be the number three guy, number four guy, five or five or six, right? Three right. slash down there. You're not spending big money on the number three through six wide receiver, are you? I well, 
how do you look at David Bell? I think that's the biggest question. He, he's like he, David Bell. I, is, I look at him as a future possession possession third down receiver, like as your number three wide receiver, then, right? If yeah, you're looking at a depth chart, right? I'm projecting him right now to be there another safety valve, if you will. Okay. DPJ is your contested catches dude. Amari Cooper's the make the plays down the field dude, right? The star. And I need somebody else that can just run around like a chicken with their head cut off and get themselves away from DBs to be open. That's Kareem Hunt, isn't it? Can't Kareem well, Hunt do that? Like I said, that that's the only way that I see him being able to contribute offensively. It's not Unless, running the ball, it, it, Andy. I'm sorry. It just, no, it's I know. Not. Unless you think uh, Jakeem Grant can, has anything as a wide receiver. Well, and that's, that, I knew I was forgetting somebody. Yeah. Grant's the other one. So now, you, I, now we're up to five wide receivers okay so i mean i i can see them just drafting a dude okay because remember amari at some point his contract's up here and i don't know what the thinking is long term right now with him uh i'm all on board with keeping him but uh that's just my take on the situation but um i i just there's just not a lot of room for spending money at, at receiver right now. Um, he is under contract uh, for 2024, Amari is, uh, at 20, another $20 million, uh, con, uh salary. Um, he is going to – they restructured his deal. I don't, I, I don't remember. I think the Browns restructured his deal last year when they brought him to Cleveland and the restructure basically was they added two voidable years to the back end of the thing to stretch out, uh, the signing bonus cap hit. And so, um, yeah, I mean, cause the next two years he's over 23 million against your cap. All right, Daryl, I, I don't want to run out of time in this segment. The other name that keeps popping up, uh, is Odell Beckham Jr. And nope. his name keeps going back and forth. I've heard other nope. people come out straight. No, nope. no, why? No, why? Nope. Because of the money or because of the drama? All of the above. We've had the full Odell experience. We're good. We have, right? Then I, I know you said this, and I know we talked about this before. I just don't know why they wasted their time to go watch him. Because you have to do your due diligence. But uh, like and nine teams did. I, I just, I, not hard, only nine teams went, right? Something like that. Here's the thing. You know, I. You know, you know he's a gifted athlete, right? Correct, correct. And he's out there. The video's out there. He spent half the damn workout doing the one-handed catch thing. And it's just, I, I'm not interested in that crap. I'm not. I'm sorry. Like I admit, I was all in love with it that first year in 2019 in training camp when he was doing that crap during every single practice. Okay, I ain't interested in that stuff anymore. I, I really am not. Give me, give me a guy that's going to go out there and catch the ball with two hands. I'm not interested in your flashy crap. I'm not. I have no interest whatsoever. Um, while there's no bad blood between Beckham's camp and the Browns front office, I still have major issues with how he orchestrated his way out of here. I, I, I just, I thought it was a gutless way to go about it to have your dad do that so you could get get your release. I realized that Baker Mayfield might not have treated you with the professional respect that you were looking for. 
Clearly, the organization ended up taking Baker's side of it. Certainly, coming here and playing with Deshaun Watson is appealing because. Wait, did they, wait? Hang on, back up on that. They took his side. They ended up trading him. Baker for peanuts. Yeah, I mean, they ended up getting yeah, at the side. end of the they, day. They, 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 they let oh, they gave Odell his walking papers and said, "Go ahead, you're, you you know, go first, whatever you want." First. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so but they, I, I don't know. They that, didn't get to, who, who did they who did they let walk in that situation? Did they keep Baker? They, they well, they let neither. They, they let them both walk. Eventually, no. they let them both walk. They kept Baker. They kept Baker. Know, yeah, but the by season. the end of the season, he was gone too. So I, I I mean I don't I think they were fed up with both of them. Right. But I'm just saying, initially, in the moment, in the moment, they took okay. Baker's side. I realize eventually it's easier to let a wide receiver go than your starting quarterback, though. Too. I get that. I get that. But I'm just saying they sided with at the time the starting quarterback and they let Odell go. All right. So let me just put a bow on this. No, he's not coming back. I don't think he's coming back. I'm not interested in him coming back. He, like I said, gifted player. Hope I personally, as a human being, I hope he's 100% healthy. Um, member, same injury twice. That's concerning. I don't care how good he looks on air. That's a concern for me. If if I'm an executive right now, and clearly a lot of executives feel that way because, again, as we record this podcast, he's still available. So, I mean, yeah, we got the full Odell experience. Andrew Barry at his front office, do their jobs. Um, again, there's no bad blood between the sides over his departure, which, again, speaks to – the quality of how Andrew Berry's run the Cleveland Browns, right? They did right by him. Odell remembers that they did right by him. But I just, I have no interest in spending big money on him because of injury fears and uh, the Odell experience that we already had. And I just don't think that they have a lot of money to allocate right now to that wide receiver room. And quite frankly, I mean, they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same team, two of the best dudes in the league at catching footballs. The, the difference is Baker was the quarterback and not Deshaun Watson, and it makes you think, well, how that would have gone if Deshaun Watson had been the quarterback with those two dudes on the field. That's a good point. Much differently. All right, it's always game day in Cleveland. You'll hear from one of the newest Browns when we return. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. Well, Daryl had a chance to be a part of a group that spoke to the, one of the newest members of the Cleveland Browns, and that's Juan Thorhill, the uh, free safety that they picked up from the Kansas City Chiefs. And so when you look at a player like this, Daryl, you get a chance to evaluate, assess, and first impressions mean something. Tell me about your first impressions of Juan Thorhill. Um, he might be my favorite free agent they've signed. Ever or just this but year? This year. Very, very tight race with Dalvin Tomlinson, though. Because anybody that's all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe already goes up a notch in my book. <laughs> and we got an Iron Man fan, but a Thanos wannabe now in the middle of that Browns defensive line. But, um, yeah, just listening to Juan and, and, and just to his approach, the fact that he comes here. Think about this. Dude's been in the league four years, Andy. Played in three Super Bowls. Or been to we, three Super Bowls. I'm sorry. He was he he didn't play uh, his rookie year, I don't think. But been to three Super Bowls in four years. The shortest his season has been, the conference championship game. If you think, right? I, right. I mean, 
So he brings that um, he brings a winning pedigree to this locker room. He has seen what it takes to win at the highest level. And I, I just think that, that that matters. Those intangibles really, really matters. And he's cheaper than JJ3. <laughs> right? Right. No, and, makes and, sense. and this isn't a guy, too, that is like a role player with the Chiefs and he's coming here to be a starter. He's been a starter with the Chiefs. That's I, I think that there's something to be said for that, too, is this is not one of those Andrew Barry is, quote, projecting somebody uh, into something. Uh, into a role. He's been a starter. He's going to come here. He's going to be a starter. Hey, Juan, welcome to Cleveland. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, it, it looked like the Chiefs and Browns were starting to develop a little bit of a rivalry there, played in the playoffs and had that season opener. It was real you know, competitive. Just from your perspective, because a lot of those guys are still on this team, just what was your uh, impression of the Browns and and how close they were? And do you feel like you're a player that could kind of come in here and help this group get over the top and get to where you were in Kansas City? So with Cleveland, I remember playing them, and I just remember them being a team that was, like, willing to run down your throat and punch you in the mouth, like, early. So that just shows that they have the the ability to get to the to the big game and I feel like I'm that type of player that can add to the defense and help them get to where they want to go and I mean I'm excited to play and play next to like next to Miles Garrett and uh, Grant Delpit and those guys because I've been watching a little bit of their film and I just feel like they're really good players that can and help us win and you're not a guy that was a role player in KC. You were a starter and you're gonna mm -hmm. obviously come in here and be a starter. Just how would you describe yourself as a player, what type of safety are you? Are you a ball hawk? Are you phys Are you a you know a guy that just gets up in guys' faces? Just how would you describe yourself as a player? So I've always been taught to be that guy to never allow your coach to take you off the field. So I would see my guy see me as being that guy that can do everything. He can cover, be down in the box, make plays. He can blitz, sack the quarterback. I want to be that guy that can take control of a game and go get the ball when it's in the air and cause fumbles when is that time to make that big play. Hey, Juan, I wanted to ask you about the other AFC North quarterbacks. Obviously, you've had a couple of battles with Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. uh, you, now you get uh, Lamar Jackson twice a year. And then, of course, the Steelers have Kenny Pickett. So just to, if you could, your, your thoughts on coming into a, a very highly competitive division with some really, really good quarterbacks. It's, I mean, it's going to be hard each and every week. I've had the chance to play against, I think, Lamar a couple of times. So I kind of know what his game is like. Played against Joe Burrow a couple of times. So I know what he likes to do as well. The only one that I haven't had a chance to play against is uh, Kenny Pickett. But the thing is, like, I've heard a lot of good things about him as well. It's going to take hard work and dedication each and every week because these guys, they have the capability to wreck games. They have great arms. And with Lamar Jackson, if you look at him, the guy can throw the ball and run as well, so he can beat you by himself. Um, it's going to be hard each and every week, and you got to prepare as if, like, each week is a Super Bowl. One of the issues the Browns had last year was communi communication on the field in games. Just how what can you do maybe to be that guy to settle that down and just make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to do without it, you know, uh, becoming like you're out there trying to take things over, if you know what I'm saying. 
And in the NFL, like this game is all about who makes the least amount of mistakes. And if you're on the field making mistakes, that's going to cause you to lose football games. And one thing that I'm going to, I know that I'm going to do, I'm going to try to bring everybody together to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, and that's simply by just like hanging out in the locker room or going out to dinner together, like doing things like that, that just build that bond and you will know what your teammates are capable of, you know, their strengths and weaknesses. So when you come together like that, it just allows you to play so much better. Daryl, anything else come out of that press conference? Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the biggest takeaway for me, and we touched on this a uh, uh, couple minutes ago, is the leadership aspect. Like, it, it's, it's something that the Browns missed on the defensive side of the ball last year. When you talk about disorganization, which I asked him about, uh, that we saw throughout the, the season, the Spider-Man meme defense that they played, right? Everyone's pointing at everybody. Is that you? Is it me? No, it's you, you know? So, um, by the way, we're going to see how many Marvel Cinematic Universe references we can squeeze into this one single segment of the podcast here. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that that, aside from just, you know, his physical play on the field, I just think that having somebody back there now that's been at the highest level of the game uh, and, you know, isn't looking to come in and just, like, be the spokesperson for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. he he wants to let his play do the talking. Um, one thing I really loved what he had to say was when he talked about, "Hey, if I got a problem with the guy, I'm not going to blow him up in front of everybody. I'm going to pull him aside and and whisper in his ear, "Hey, need to clean this up if we want to get to where we want to be." And uh, I wrote about this last Friday, um, in uh, recapping his introduction, and that is leadership. It's hard to lead if you don't perform. And also to be a leader, you have to have tact. And he strikes me as a guy that has tact and people skills. When you when you talk about one of the first things you want to do uh, this offseason is walk around a locker room and introduce yourself to your teammates and get to know your teammates. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I realize it's offseason and we all get excited during free agency, but... It was hard not to listen to him, Andy, and not get legitimately excited having understood what held the Browns back a year ago. Well, I, you talk about leaders, and then you have to flip to the other side of the ball because Deshaun Watson has to be a leader every snap. There's just no question. And it's something we haven't had in a quarterback. And, Daryl, we're, we're looking at the one-year anniversary. And, you know, I was asked today, and I, I didn't – I wasn't trying to be negative, but I got to be honest. I, I don't have a whole lot of expectation for this year. I still need to be him. I need to see him be an effective quarterback with his offensive line in sync, in rhythm, so that everybody knows what they're doing the same thing. Now, can that happen? Absolutely. I believe that's going to happen. Did they pay a big price for him? Yeah. I'm not sitting at this situation saying I want it to be negative, but I'm tired of just giving advance passes on everything. And saying this is going to work, it's a hundred percent. He's a you know uh, th th no, he wasn't. You know they struggled for six games last year. It wasn't pretty. So I, I'm just I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm going to be a realist about this. When Deshaun Watson shows it, I'll be all in. But I need to see it before it before it comes to fruition. Is I that get fair? 
Yeah, it's 100% fair. I totally get the need to see it to believe it. But from my standpoint, I have the expectations. Because if this doesn't work this year, everybody should be fired. Like, sorry, Andrew Barry, got to go. You made the trade. You, you know, coaching staff switched out. Plenty from the quarterback to coordinators. Nothing else for you to switch out. You got to go. If you can't make it work this year, everybody got to go. Sorry. Paul DiBodesti, your strategy sucks. You got to go. Like, I just, I, you know, how many regimes does that dude get to have input on? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I understand where you're coming from. I am going to have expectation because when I look at them on paper, I see enough talent for them to be a good football team. Now, so I'm, is this, hang on. Is this your biggest takeaway from a one-year anniversary on him? That's my question. Yeah, it, it, it's on everyone to put up or shut up. It's it, it's a put up or shut up year. It really is. Just go out there and get done. There's no excuses this year. I don't want to hear it. Um, you, you had six games to knock the rust off. You will have an entire offseason. There is absolutely nothing hanging over anybody's head, right? The, right. The, the accusations that were levied against him have, have been adjudicated from right. the NFL standpoint. So there's no excuses here. Kevin Stefanski switched out two of the three coordinators. Um, There's no excuses for this not to work this year. And if if these people can't make it work, they need to go. And the reason they need to go is because Nick Chubb is in his prime. Miles Garrett is in his prime. Deshaun Watson is in his prime. Your offensive line is in their prime. Denzel Ward is in his prime. The cornerstones of this team, Andy, are still under team control and in their prime. And I don't want to waste another year in 2024 giving Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski more magic fairy dust to try and make it work. Because if you can't make it work here in 2023, you're not going to make it work in 2024 because seriously what else is there for them to switch out what else is there to switch out there isn't there isn't unless you start blowing up good players and then that's a rebuild and i don't want to walk down that road well and here's and this is the thing the clock is ticking because at some point here in the next five years they're going to have to make some very difficult decisions they're going to have to move on for some really good players and you know, that I don't want to say rebuild, but they're going to have to retool here at some point, right? They can only carry this core together for so long. And if they don't get it done in 2023, Andy, that would be three straight years with this core that they didn't get it done. So the reason Barry has to go, well, you're the dude bringing in the players. And your first year here, you made the playoffs. And you and the team has not, uh, the guys that you've brought in will not have then performed at a level to help you get back to the playoffs. Kevin Stefanski, you've gotten to change out your your franchise quarterback. You got to change out your coordinators, and so that I mean, I, it sounds unfair to to talk in those terms in March, Andy. I and and I understand that and I respect that, but that's just how I feel going into this year. This is put up or shut up, or people should get fired because on paper, the Cleveland Browns roster as it stands now even without them bringing in a receiver yet as we record this thing it is good enough to make the playoffs i agree with that um daryl way to celebrate the anniversary he's daryl Ryder. i'm andy baskin for our producer meredith kane thanks for listening to it's always game day in cleveland 
If you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is hit us up on social media, on Instagram or Twitter at GameDayCLE. For Meredith Kane and Daryl Ryder, I'm Andy Baskin. It's always Game Day. Thank you.